And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Uniden America Studios, this is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome. He is Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley as we begin a Friday. Gary, what do you know? Nah. A little. Now... This was eventually going to happen. Uh, the U.S. carried out airstrikes targeting two facilities linked to Iranian-backed militias in eastern Syria uh, yesterday, according to a statement from the Pentagon following a series of drone and rocket attacks against U.S. forces in the region. The statement said the facilities have been used by Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard and uh, affiliated group. The strikes carried out by a pair of F-16 Fighter jets using precision-guided munitions targeted a weapons and ammunition storage facility near the border between Syria and uh, Iraq. I just, jeez. And, and the, the, the reason here, I mean, I'm just, I'm, uh, and, and I know you feel the same way. I mean, we're, I'm just disgusted by this, the, the fact that we're, we're funding both ends of it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, and and I think that the uh, you know the the new speaker. I got to find the audio cut from from uh, I almost said Ted Nugent. <laughs> There's probably an audio cut available from Ted Nugent. Ted Cruz. Well, that that happened because you and I were talking about how dumb lists are and the list from Rolling Stone, which you know, just in the in the the music world right now, people are going crazy. Yeah. Over Rolling Stones, uh, two hundred and fifty top guitarists of all time, and it's like yeah. what? Yeah. And so you would you would mention you had said earlier to me when we were talking about that is Ted Nugent on the list. So Ted Nugent was on the mind, but uh, Ted Ted Cruz. I'll find the audio cut here mm. uh, uh, coming up. I was going to play it yesterday. We just never got the chance. But it was uh, uh, Ted Cruz just coming out and saying, uh, number one. United States, stop funding terrorists. Mm-hmm. Number two, stop letting people cross over the border where terrorists can cross over the border. Yeah, it was exactly. just, it was like two quick points like that. And it was like you and I were saying, all right, you got Mike Johnson out there now. He should be out there every day stating that. Yep. No, I mean, that should be the mission 
uh, the I think the GOP, uh, the, you know, the, the only place they have power is right now is in the House, and they need to lead the way on calling for uh, this administration to close the border and to stop the funding to Iran. You know, the whole embargo thing just became ridiculous. When you when you break it down, it is it is the most insane policy. But since you and I have been going off on this, what have we seen? All the radical protesters out there. This is how this administration politically gets away with doing what they're doing. The radical protesters out there. If you ever had a question about how bigoted the left is, there shouldn't be any question anymore. These radical protesters have have demonstrated very clearly the hatred in their hearts. And that's how they get away. That's how Biden gets away with all this. He gets the political support because his side's not doing anything. Where's the outrage from the left? Where's the real outrage? If there were a push... From both sides, you would see the Biden administration doing what they're supposed to be doing. But you're not seeing it. All you're seeing is radicals over and over and over again. You know, the the politics inside of Washington and the Democratic Party on the federal level, as we've talked about before, Mm -hmm. is as radical of a political party as you've ever gotten. Oh yeah, uh, you've seen by far. Now you you've seen that uh, the the polling, and we'll get to this a Gallup poll. Uh, uh, Biden's popularity with Democrats has dropped eleven percent in one month. Mm-hmm. That's the Gallup poll. Mm-hmm. He's down, I think, minus twenty two in the Gallup poll. Yeah, which is which was fascinating, and because normally you wouldn't view the Gallup poll as a as an outlier, mm-hmm. and and so the things that are happening are just so incredibly radical. But it is up to the Republicans. The Republicans are the opposition. And you and I have talked about communication. We talked about that if you get a Speaker of the House, that you want the proper tone to convince independents. Because do you get the feeling that America is waiting for an opposition that can clearly state every single day why the... Democrats and the policies that they promote are basically insane. Yeah. I mean, when you look at it, I mean, the, the first thing I see when I see that the the uh, U.S. Air Force went in and and attacked those Iran proxies in Syria, I mean, that's why I just went sort of paused and just went, jeez, a couple of moments ago, because we all know what's going on. And the administration should be challenged every day by Republicans on it. And it's a very simple thing. And like I said, I'll find the Ted Cruz thing. It, it was it was just so simple where he went, we need to stop funding the terrorists. And the point is, as we've stated before, Iran gets the money from oil. This isn't hard to understand. They get the money from oil. Cut the money off from oil. Yeah. As Trump did. When Biden came into office, he reversed it. Yeah. Put it back on again. You're not know, that hard. Yeah, right. Pound as Andrew McCarthy, you know, we talked about Andrew McCarthy, you know, breaking down the fact that, look, the Democrats, they didn't change anything on the six uh, billion dollars. 
uh, for the, the, the hostages. Well, why aren't Republicans out there every single day pounding it? And it has to come from the leadership of the Republican Party, and they mm-hmm. need to pound it every single day. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, they don't have the, I don't care who's speaker, because it really, in the first couple of, uh, of the first two days, and I'll give them a chance, but sorry, I'm impatient. These things are so simple. And it's like, it doesn't matter. I don't care whether it's Jim Jordan. I don't care whether it's it's uh, uh, Mike Johnson. I don't care whether it's and- uh, Andrew McCarthy. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin mm. McCarthy. Mm. Nobody seems to understand that on messaging, you pound it over and over again. And where do you learn that lesson from? You learn that lesson from Democrats who have pounded lies over and over and over and over and over and over again. I'll give you one example today. I was telling you in the pre-show meeting there's just more stories out there. Uh, what was it? Honda and uh, and Ford. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, we're not going to work together on EVs because we can't find a profitable way to profitable way to get out of it. The uh, Toyota president has spoken on it uh, again. Look, because you're getting to the point where all these things that were thrown out really is, as we call them, abstract but hypotheticals. If you let us do this, this will be the result, and everything will be wonderful. Well, now. Across the board on all these major issues, reality is hit. The the reality is hit the hypothetical or the abstract, mm-hmm. whatever you wish to call it. Mm-hmm. And it's as clear as can be that it's not working. They need to pound every day. It's not working. And I'm just like, they just don't, the Republican Party, and I hope, I'll give Mike Johnson a, a, a chance, but it just seems like they're incapable of articulating a consistent message day in and day out and making it loud day in and day out. And there's never been a time that I've been covering politics, that I've been alive, where a political party on the actual issues have numbers that are so incredibly low with the public. Yeah, I, you know, it's, um, things are very clear when you simply look at them. Things with, with Iran right now are very clear. I mean, it almost, with any other administration, it would have been a default. Cut them off, and you tell Cutter, you need to decide which side you're on. If they're in control of those those funds, the $6 billion, then you get Cutter on the phone and say, uh, this is a done deal. They get none of that money. For any reason. And you cut them off of the oil uh, market immediately. You put the embargo back in place. This administration's not capable of doing that. Number one, Biden's never going to admit that Joe Biden is wrong. Number two, it would be the embargo that Trump was enforcing. Well, we can't have that. But the bigger one is that number one, Joe Biden's never going to reverse Joe Biden policy. That's not going to happen. We are currently in a situation where we we have, as we have stated for the last couple of weeks, where we're funding both. We're we're making it available to fund both sides of the war, Mm -hmm. our side and the other side. Yeah. That's insanity. And everybody listens, every Democrat listening right now knows that. Right. It's insane. And you can't make the argument that somehow we're telling a lie on this because 
We know the figures are out there. The numbers are out there. Nobody is disputing what Iran was making in oil with Trump enforcing the embargo and what they're making now. And nobody is debating the fact, nobody on the Democrat or the Republican side, in fact, you know, every, every it seems like every day Kirby is out there, uh, you know, stating, no, Iran has been involved in this and Iran is the leading exporter of terrorism. Well, Americans can connect the dots. Republicans help them connect the dots. Yeah, this is um, it's just getting stupid. I saw yesterday where Hamas has a five hundred million dollar investment por- portfolio. And I thought to myself, well, that's nothing compared to the backing from Iran. Iran's making tens of billions of dollars a year in the oil marketplace. You know, because what was the idea? The idea was they were going to appease Iran. Because during the Trump years, Iran lashed out because they didn't have access to the oil marketplace. Biden comes in and they're going to appease, just like Obama did. We'll appease them. Is this appeasing? Do they sound like they're being friendly? Does it look like they're being friendly? What idiot believed for a moment it would work? His name is Joe Biden. And Joe Biden isn't about to bruise his own ego by reversing Joe Biden. That's not going to happen. I'm convinced if every Democrat on Capitol Hill showed up at the White House (laughs) and said, stop it, he'd say no. He'd stand there with Alan Omar and say, nope. Yeah. Just amazing. We got a great show. There's so much going on Mm -hmm. right now. Just, uh, yeah, so much. But I wanted to. Uh, make sure we got that news out about uh, the U.S. carrying out airstrikes now, and and show it shows that now we're involved in both sides. Yeah, which is just an it's pure insanity. Right. Let's. How about we be on the winning side? Yeah. How about we stand yeah. with with Israel? How about we behave like we mean it, like we care about lives, and we care about actually killing terrorists and and doing the job. He doesn't care about that. Because on the other side of it, Hamas is funded, Hezbollah is funded, and they're going to continue to be funded by Iran because we're not going to cut them off, and they're going to have access to that $6 billion, right. and this is not going to change under Joe Biden. Which we have had success doing, cutting them off under we, the previous yep, administration. Yep. It's not a hypothetical. No. Well, you guys are arguing hypotheticals. We know we've done it. Right. And then we reversed it. Right. And then, the, and the excuse is, well, they're not using that money. We don't believe, uh-huh, right? You yeah, yeah, you're not going to convince the and American then, public of that one. And then, and and then, William H Macy, aka John Kirby, when you ask him about cutting them off and, and enforcing the embargo, well, you know, there's, uh, you know, oh. supply and demand. Jeez. He admitted 
well, no, we need to keep gasoline prices low, yeah, so we need we to need, fund Iran. Yeah, we'd who rather have low against the United States. Yeah, the safety of of uh, U.S. citizens and our allies is not paramount. We want low gas prices, and that's a frustrating thing for me every day, and I know for you is that this is so simple, and it's so obvious. It's it's automatic. It's, it's, it should have right. been instinctive. It should have been an instinctive move. To number one, you know where the money's coming from. You have said it. And you don't cut it off. And again, we know they know it because Ted Cruz articulated it two days ago. Yeah. We'll get to that coming up. We've got a great show ahead. 86690 Red Eye. This report is brought to you by Shell Rotella with advanced synthetic technology is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. This preventative maintenance tip is brought to you by Hotshot Secret, the country's number one fastest growing oil and additive company. If you've been driving a diesel any length of time, you know diesel fuel quality can be an issue. There are U.S. standards that diesel fuel is supposed to meet, like cetane number, lubricity, a.k.a. wear protection, deposit control. But oftentimes, the fuel at the pump falls short. Let's highlight diesel fuel cetane number. In most states, the minimum a cetane number can be is 40. Through years of testing, Hotshot Secret has found the average cetane number across the nation is between 42 to 45. And most modern engines are built in tune to operate best with a cetane number closer to 50. This is why a premium additive is needed to keep cetane numbers up, to keep the engine operating at its best while helping with fuel economy and DPF regeneration cycles. Add Hotshot Secret Everyday Diesel Treatment, a 6-in-1 fuel booster at every fill-up to keep cetane numbers in a premium range while also protecting your fuel system. Learn more about the science behind diesel fuel and Hotshot Secret's Everyday Diesel Treatment at HotshotSecret.com. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed. Brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. Bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal. But man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting. You know, there's so many great ways to find Great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CPREDEYE, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 using the promo code CPREDEYE. Motel 6 will leave the light on for truckers.
It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Here it is, the, the audio cut from uh, Ted Cruz All right. from, uh, from two days ago. Very simple, very simple to communicate. I'm going to suggest two simple principles that this president can't seem to figure out. Number one, stop giving money to terrorists who want to murder us. And number two, stop letting into this country terrorists who want to murder us. He's doing both. There you go. Repeat Pretty simple. That. Repeat that over and over again and have them defend it. Yep. Have them defend it. Yep. Because that quite because you are you create an atmosphere of a political party where everybody is saying it. Well, and the and, way that Ted Cruz put it in short form. Yes. You know, I I uh don't know if I said this on the air recently, but it 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 crossed my mind. I know I said it to somebody somewhere. I don't think it was on the air, but this is what the GOP is going to have to get better at. Seal the border and stop funding terrorism. Get it across and say it repeatedly. And you're going to repeat yourself to no end because it's the most important thing right now. It is it, it is job number one. I know there's a ton of things on the Biden plate that Biden himself put there. But nothing nothing is greater than national security. That's job number one of the government. And when a topic is hot, you pound it. Yeah. And at that time, you got to be relentless. That, yeah. What's going on right now in Israel yeah. is extremely hot. There's, yes. there's a reason in the Gallup poll that, and we'll get to that poll here in a little bit, uh, that Democrats support for Biden dropped 11 points in yeah, one month. That's a huge drop. That's, that's a huge Democrat drop. support, yes. not overall right. support. Right. Now, again, it may be an outlier, but it shows you a direction of where it's going. Right. And that's how you view it. Right. It might be seven, it might be six, it might be 15, mm-hmm. but it's not the direction. And that's what you want to do in order to win in 2024. Explain to the American people in very simple terms what he's doing. Uniden America Studios. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Wow, uh, the the <laughs> the situation. Representative Jamal uh, Bowman, part of the squad, and the whole fire alarm thing. Yeah, and the video that, that, taking the that, signs down. Yeah, well, the the entire thing is he tried to push open the door. Yeah, and and it wouldn't open. Right, and so he took down the signs. Right. Uh, you know, that, that, you know, said fire alarm, and then he pulled the fire alarm and he walked the other way. It proves that he's lying still. Yeah. He's still lying. Yeah. I wasn't trying to delay anything. I was trying to get out that door. Well, you never got out the door. Right. When you couldn't get out the door, you pulled the fire alarm, then you turn around and you walk the other way. Right. And he's still lying about it now. Right. And the video exists. Yeah. It's, and it was 
all over social media yesterday. I know. Well, that's what I want for other topics that are more important than that. Yeah, the things that uh, right. actually affect our lives. Right. I mean, it demonstrates that he's a liar, but did you need the demonstration? Yeah. But it's over social media. The Republicans mm-hmm. were talking about it, mm-hmm. being very clear on it. I want to see that about Iran. Iran. I want to see that about Hamas. I want to see that about Biden. Yeah. Because there isn't anything that we can directly do to Hamas. The focus is Biden. Biden, as you mentioned, is not going to change what he's doing. He won't change for anyone. Right. So what you're looking for is so much incredible public pressure to show the lies of the administration and the idiocy of the administration and the Democratic Party that backs them up. Yep. That's what you need to do. And another right. thing I'd like to see now, since we have a new speaker and technically, you know, so you got new leadership across the board, <laughs> the the whole anti-Semitism, it's time to articulate, as we have to the American public, that this is all about identity politics. The growth of this comes from the mainstream of the Democratic Party endorsing identity politics, where you judge people by the group that they're in, not as an individual. All they did on this case, the radical left, as they wish to call it, because we know all Democrats are not anti-Semitic, but the identity politics is what leads you there because all they did, the radical left, was add Jews to identity politics. Mm -hmm. Jews are like this. Jews are privileged. Mm -hmm. Palestinians are not privileged. Therefore, Mm -hmm. Jews must go. Mm -hmm. This isn't hard. Yeah. And then pouncing and and they're... They're proudly demonstrating. I mean, it's it, it, and and the radicals should be called out every single day at every turn. They should be called out and isolated. Identify them for what they are, bigots. Not that hard. It isn't that hard. They're out there. They're not hiding. You know, this isn't some secret underground movement. They're out there demonstrating every day. Every day. In front of cameras, even. They're proudly demonstrating their bigotry. Just amazing. It is. It's, it, 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 I mean, it's the, the reason I'm laughing is it's so insane. Mm. I mean, everything across everything across the board on all the major issues that the Democrats promote is absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. And every Democrat listening right now knows it is. They know it is. And so it's um, uh, uh, again. It's. I'm just glad it's the weekend and it's Friday. And we can worry more now about uh, who Taylor Swift is kissing and embracing and associating with. Yeah, that that sounds like a good plan to go with. <laughs> Let me know how that works out. <laughs> well, maybe not me in particular. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just... Uh, you know, just just amazing. But yeah, when when uh, when uh, I saw that yesterday when I was watching the video, I'm just laughing because he's still out there going, "Oh no 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 no." My goal was 
you know, my my goal was to hurry to get to the vote. Uh-huh. Like, well, you can't make that case. The no. evidence shows that's not. Here's the question that I have. He's supposed to write an apology. If you don't admit what your intent is, and the intent is, and the evidence is obvious, why is the judge letting him get away with it? It's the first thing I, I, I asked is, how do you get a deal when when there's this kind of evidence, you know, that's out there? It's very clear. How do, how do you, at, at the very least, how do you not have the court say, you know what? You need to stand up and say, this is what I did. Right. And why I did. Admit what you did. Right. Because otherwise, it's not an apology. No, it's not because you're lying. Don't, don't still. say sorry. I was in a hurry to get there. That's a lie. You might as well pull the fire alarm right outside the courtroom. <laughs> no, you're right. Sorry, Your Honor. Yeah. I was in a hurry to get here. It's just stupid. You know, we've been saying for a long time, we're dealing with children. No. Children have the ability, in fact, are willing to learn. Now, those of us who have uh, raised kids know that that's not the case of every minute. But overall, these people aren't willing to learn. There's no self-awareness with them at all. None. You know, I, I did I did waste the first couple of years as a talk radio host because I was a lot younger. I was in my, mm-hmm. my younger 30s when I mm-hmm. became a talk show host. Mm-hmm. And at that time, you still had respect and a little bit of awe for politicians. But then when you, <laughs> into my 35th year of talk radio now, being older than almost all of them, except maybe for Biden and, and, and Trump, <laughs> You look at it as a uh, well-seasoned adult. Yeah. Is that the way to say it? A, uh, as a senior citizen. <laughs> a life experiencer. As a, a long life experiencer, yeah. you look at it and you really have no patience anymore. I know that's one thing that, because there is nothing, you don't sit there and say, let me give them the benefit of the doubt unless you, they've earned the benefit of the doubt by the things that they've done past in history. Yeah. And I've, I've noticed that. I, I, I look down and I go, they're a bunch of children. I'm like, oh, well, they are. Most of them are 20 to 30 years younger than me mm-hmm. that serve in Congress. Mm-hmm. And you can read right through the BS. I almost said the word. Oh, mm-hmm. gosh, I almost said the word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brian, are you near that uh, delay <laughs> button? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> are you awake? Are you paying attention? Okay, yes, he is, because he... Push deep voice guy. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's I think that's the one thing that has has changed um, from doing this for such a long time. I'm I'm pretty impatient. And I, and I don't I don't I don't believe that it's that I want things to be. <laughs> oh, my gosh, I can't believe I'm saying this, <laughs> that I want all the problems to be solved before I die. <laughs> well, because I'm closer to death than birth. <laughs> yeah, but uh, for for me, it's and 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 I kind of measured that recently. You know, is it the 
the old man setting in. And by the way, I'm I'm okay with that. I totally embrace the old man thing because it, it your perspective and it, it just comes with being around for for a longer period. As you grow older, you understand. You can see BS from a mile away. It's like being a shark. Drop a blood in the ocean. <laughs> yeah. You can smell it. Yeah. And those are the things that, you know, because I, I think to myself, I don't want to be that person for the sake of being that person. I'm not looking to create a character, so what's behind it? What's behind it is the abstract versus the reality, something we've been talking about for a while on this program. And the reality is hitting. The reality is here. The reality of mandates on solar, wind, EVs. The reality of an open border and the reality of terrorism coming into the United States at will because we won't do anything about our border. Now the idea of Hamas, Hezbollah, Iran, and any of our enemies controlling the game, like the cartels are controlling it on the southern border, and there's intel now that the cartels helping uh, terrorists, uh, you know, this is, by the way, they believe that uh, at the Border Patrol, they believe that has been going on for a long time. And we let them, the cartels have control of the southern border. The terrorists have control of the Middle East. There's a terrorism super state now in Afghanistan. There's no question about it. And they have some of our equipment. And it's known now that they're using some of that equipment against American interests. Iran is making tens of billions of dollars a year. Because of the oil marketplace. Because of a change of U.S. policy. Because Biden could not let something Trump was doing stand. Not look at it and say, we're going to continue this out of, uh, you know, uh, the, the, for the, in the spirit of protecting our interests and protecting our citizens. No. That's the way it should have been. Why is the embargo in place? Because we know how Iran works. You know, when you, when you see it, because I, I think one of the interesting things this week, because we had, we had I think, read it Monday or Tuesday, to, to show you part of where our frustration comes from when we look at the issues and, and how insane it all is. And I think part of the evidence that you can take, and we had said this, we had read what Barry Weiss said. Barry Weiss used to work for the New York Times. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when, when she wrote the thing about now she, you know, she looks and she goes, you know, Trump, you know, you may not like him. Yeah. And as we have stated from the very, very beginning, Trump was a moderate and the things that he talked about were still in the mainstream of, you know, of, of what the American public believes, which is a strong national defense and secure the border. Right. All he did was say, I'm really going to do it. Right. I'm just not going to say it. I'm actually going to do it. Mm-hmm. And that sent the left into a tizzy. But, right. you know, Barry Weiss admitting, yeah, it's tough. It's tough to say, but it's true. Trump, you know, Trump on so many of these issues was right. And the left is insane. 
And when you look at a Barry Weiss, when and we had talked about this, I think, two days ago because we mentioned all of them, included them all in there. Barry Weiss, Matt Taibbi, uh, uh, Michael Schellenberger, Michael 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 Schellenberger. Mm-hmm. Uh, even you can say a Dershowitz, and you can say a Jonathan Turley. Yep. You know, these are all people that were loyal Democrats. And if you look, for example, at a Barry Weiss, you could have considered her ten years ago far left. Oh yeah, yeah. What far left used to be ten years ago, right? Right. <laughs> uh, and and Taibbi, you might be able to say the same thing. Mm-hmm. Schellenberger, the same thing. Mm-hmm. But these are people that said, okay, I'm look, we're looking for the truth. And I think what really probably I. I it, in you know influenced them a lot was they were traditional liberals that were fearful of the power of the federal government yeah which traditional liberals liberals used to be if you go back right. to the 60s right it was like stay out of my face you know free love free this free you know, right you know you know we we want to be able to do what we want to be able to do and and we don't like we have no trust in the federal government now the oppression of the federal government the democratic party endorses yeah. Yeah. And you have people like Taibbi and, and Barry Weiss. And I think when you think of what Barry Weiss wrote that we talked about earlier this week, what she put on Twitter, you know, that really is maybe why we get frustrated, because when you see that it's so obvious to right. liberals right. who aren't practicing political idolatry towards a party or a person, mm. when they just say what we are about, you read that and you're just you you're the impact is pretty shocking. Eight six six ninety red eye. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio toll free at eight six six ninety red eye. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. More news on EVs. Not good news mm. uh, if uh, you believe that uh, the EV industry is going to revitalize America. Uh, we will get uh, to that latest on the uh, the main shooting and the uh, the suspect, the mass shooting. Uh, Biden and the $200,000. You saw where Comer now has sent a letter to the Biden administration, to Joe Biden, saying, uh, could you please give us the evidence that you did loan your brother this money? Right. Oh, you know they're not going to get it. They're not going to get it. That's not going to happen. Yeah. Call Director Ray. Maybe he has it. Maybe he'll give it to you. But more on that coming up and, and where they're going. Top of the Hour News is brought to you by House Products. Visit HouseProducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio on West. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, 
Welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Look, nobody's really paying as much attention to the Republican debates because Trump isn't there. But the RNC is completely useless. I mean, yeah, the the, yeah. the fact that the next debate uh, is going to be uh, hosted, two of the hosts are Lester Holt and uh, Kristen Welker from Meet the Press. Yeah. I you I mean, it's just they they just they they will never learn. They'll no, never they won't. learn. They won't never learn. They won't just never learn. Nope. It's going to be soundbite after soundbite after soundbite after soundbite. It's the only point. Uh, You know, and look, we had problems. I have enough problems with some of the moderators from Fox News. (laughs) Are you kidding me? What the hell's wrong with the GOP? I have no idea. It's I mean I know that's a loaded question, but it's it's it is insanity. And and here's here's what I wonder. You and I have actually asked this question before. The, the overall question of are they necessary? The debates, are they actually necessary? Because the question is, first of all, are they actual debates? And when you have those types of moderators, you know, back in the day, uh, you know, it, it was really your only way to see them was going to be on the evening news or you could read their quotes in the newspaper. But you had to wait for the evening news and you had to wait for the newspaper. And what they had said by then was hours old. In today's world, they could have changed positions on any topic several times by the time it hit the newspaper. And the newspaper was printed and delivered. But you could still make the case that, all right, this is going to be our only exposure. Other than the old-fashioned stumping, you know, get on the train and wave to the folks and go through every small town. But in today's world, what don't you know about any of the candidates? Well, you just go to On the Issues online. Yep. And you know where they stand on every issue. And and that's the other part of it. If you don't know, let's just say you know nothing. If you're willing, if if you're curious about it, it is way too easy to find out about it. And... The only point that the media, the only really purpose that the media has in all this is they want to create their own sound bites. Yeah. They want to create their own story out of it. Yeah. And the thing is, I mean, if, if you sit there and say, well, uh, uh, on the if you have the Republican Democrat, excuse me, the Republican Democrat debate going on, well, maybe somebody from CNN and somebody from Fox or OAN right. or Newsmax, right. whatever, right. you could do it that way. But for a full Republican debate to have two absolute political hacks on the left yeah. on a Republican debate, right? and for the RNC, after all the history to do this, that's why McDaniel should have been fired and gone a long time ago. A long ago. time ago. Right. 
I really have no patience with her anymore. It's because it's very clear. Well, first of all, the pledge thing. Yeah, that was dumb. That was stupid. Yeah. Because have you allowed for the uh, possibility of somebody changing their mind? You know, at the last minute, people tend to do that, especially in American politics. I've seen it happen. Well, the pledge is stupid anyway because you don't. There, there is no legal. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. There's nothing legal. There's, there's to nothing keep you binding by there, right. You know, it, it, we said from the get go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'll sign the pledge. Wink, wink. It's it's. And you're being mocked by your own party. You're being mocked repeatedly by your own rank and file. I don't know how she still has a job. I, I get back to, you know, the, the, the frustration that that we had with the whole speaker debacle going on. Mm-hmm. And I was reading yesterday the number of Congress people saying, well, nothing's really going to change issue-wise. It's like, well, that's what we've been saying all along. Yeah. We know that. Yeah. You know, and they, they said, but there's a new spirit. It's like, oh, okay, okay. What does that mean? <laughs> what are you <laughs> talking about? And, and it's like, a, you know, uh, okay, and... and uh, and I've got nothing against, you know, uh, Johnson may do a, 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 you know, a great job. But the focus, as we have seen right now, is not about shutting down the government, which was the focus back then. So really what you've had is you've had Gates and the other eight. They've actually backed off mm-hmm. what this caused was them to back off what they actually wanted. Yeah. But I, I really sit back and wonder because all I, you know, the, the, you can't get anything done. And we had talked about earlier, are we just getting frustrated because we're getting older <laughs> and and we want to see some progress? Or uh, are we just sick of ineptness when, when you have, you know, it's almost like seeing a dominant football team that that is it just seems to not be able to get over the top, a sports team. And you're like, well, you got everybody. You got the best damn team out there. Why aren't you winning? Well, because we're not really trying. And when you see where the Republicans stand on the issues with the American public, I mean, it's not like it, you you can you can look at the polling on all the major issues out there. Mm-hmm. Republicans, where they stand on the issues, I mean, it's landslide numbers, mm-hmm. absolutely landslide numbers. Right. You know the 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 polls should be the polls should be Republicans should be up by fifteen points. Yeah. Yeah, in in almost everything based on where the public stands on the issues and that's about communications. And I have to ask, you know, myself when you, you know, when you when I saw yesterday Lester Holt and, you know, and and uh, uh, Welker on there from Meet the Press, I'm shaking my head and I have to ask my question, do the Republicans really want to win? Is winning about is winning the war something that they wish to do or do they just want to make noise? And then pat themselves. Do the Republicans have their own virtue signaling, which which is different from the mm-hmm. Democrats, but it's still virtue signaling. Yeah. That all right, I, I you know we we want to make a lot of noise right now right. about what? Right. Well, what's the goal? We really don't know what the goal is. And you can use a perfect example of Representative Mace of South Carolina. I'm wearing a scarlet letter. Shut up. Yeah. You're a damn adult. Yeah. Stop it. You're not a, you're not don't be Bowman. Don't be don't be a woman child or as he is a man child. Mm-hmm. Be a damn adult. Yeah, grow up. 
But I want to win. Quit making this about you. Yeah, I, I, I want to win because there's no chance, there's no chance, absolutely no chance of pushing your agenda forward if you don't win and win big. And when you have the opportunity to win big, because the numbers show it, the polling shows it on the issues, the American public is behind you. Yeah. And maybe, hopefully, because of all the noise that happened here, Johnson will be a great communicator because that's what you need. Mm -hmm. Because you need to convince the independents and you need to convince uh, the Democrats that want to peel off the Democratic Party because of the insanity. But there are a lot of people that just, they don't, there are a lot of Republicans. I just, I'm angry and so I want somebody who's as angry as I am. Well, no, not really. I'm angry. Yeah. You're angry. We're frustrated. Do I want a speaker who's as angry as I am and, and uh, you know, projects that at times on the errors I'm doing now? No, because that's not his job. His or her job. I'll say his because it ended up being a his. That's not his job. His job is to win elections. My job is to promote what I believe in a passionate way in general and give advice <laughs> to the Republicans when they're stupid. Well, and um, or impotent. My, <laughs> my greater concern is that we don't have more Americans that are as angry as I am. And that's what it comes down to, because that's how you change the makeup inside uh, Washington. That's how you actually change things. When we're unified, when we're all angry about... I, I don't know how you can look at everything right now that is wrong and say, no, I'm not angry about it. I don't I don't know how you look at that unless you're you just insisted on burying your head in the sand. Unless you're just one of those people who truly doesn't care. I mean, it sounds like to me if that is the case then you've given up. I want the entire group to be angry as I am about the things right now. That are wrong. The problems that this administration has created. And you're not seeing that. You're not seeing that. And so, you know, changing the Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson might do a great job. You know, I, I have to go back to the beginning. Was anybody calling his name back in January? Was anybody calling his name, you know, when... Kevin McCarthy was ousted? No. Most people had to Google who Mike Johnson was when he won. Well, as the 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 analysis I saw yesterday was he won because he's so quiet he had the least enemies. Exactly. He has the least baggage. And, 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 and you know, you've seen it come out from the Republicans. This was all about personalities. It, and, which and, is what and, we said from and, the beginning. And yeah. again, in order to get angry... Remember, there are a ton of people out there. I meet people. They, their people are clueless. They don't pay attention like we do. There a lot. There's a ton of people that only pay attention, as we've talked about before, a couple of months 
you know, before an election. So you've got to market anything. And that's the point that we made where we disagree with some of our listeners as to what they wanted in the speaker. They wanted somebody as angry as they are. Well, you first have to explain to the people. You first have to be able to get their attention. If they turn you off, it's like anybody. It's like a stand-up comedian. It's like anyone. If you turn somebody off instantaneously, they're not going to pay attention to you. They don't care what you have to say. Right. And But when you have something... You have to articulate each and every day. Uh, it would be interesting to go out there and say, where do the Democrats stand on the issues and see where people in, and lay down the issues? Where do they stand on the border? Where do they stand on this? And see what people have to say. And I mean, the people that say they're undecided. I'm not talking about the partisan, but the undecided. Remember, the undecided are out there three days before our election. I have no idea who to vote for. I don't know if I want to vote for Biden or I want to vote for Trump. I just can't figure it out. There are, these are the people that don't pay attention, and there's a ton of them out there that don't pay. We think because we're involved in it each and every day, and many talk radio listeners who pay attention each and every day, and let's say in, in conservative talk radio, uh, and I'm just throwing a number out that probably is a ballpark number, Let's say 60 million people listen to conservative talk radio. Well, that means what? That means 260 to 270 million people don't. Mm -hmm. How many people really are paying attention to the issues? When you have a public where the majority of Republicans and Democrats believe you can balance the budget by getting rid of foreign aid and wasteful spending, and that is so far wrong, and both parties believe that, then how up-to-date on the issue are the vast majority of Americans? Well, this is uh, what you get from, you know, what we call the willful ignorance of people. It's easy to find the answers to the questions. Easy to find where each of the candidates stand, where the parties stand, what the parties are doing. You only have to be willing to look. That's all you have to do. It's not, you don't have to go down and do a bunch of research in the library. You don't have to sit and wait for the evening news or for the morning paper to be dropped at your doorstep. It's right there in your hand. 86690 Red Eye. Brought to you by FPPF. Fuel Power Max. Smart owner-operators make every single week as profitable as possible. One trip is not enough time to be considered profitable or unprofitable, and an entire month may be too much time to manage. One week is the right amount of time to deal with efficiently. To do so, look at the advantages and disadvantages of every day of the week. Match trip length to the optimum day of the week. Plan to deliver on the day you have the best opportunity of getting a load. Your personal weekly plan will vary depending on the weekly delivery flow cycle of your region, typical length of haul, personal requirements, and other factors. What's important is to have a specific weekly plan that helps you be successful. Brought to you by Shell Rotella. With advanced synthetic technology is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara.
It's Friday Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. But, 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 Biden does have uh, another challenger from the Democratic Party. Representative Dean Phillips of Minnesota launches a 2024 Democratic presidential primary challenge against Biden. Okay. <laughs> Come on. All right. <laughs> Let me fake it. Let me fake that he's being challenged here with some sort of fake excitement, okay? And credibility. Yeah, and credibility. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a very important thing. And, yes, and, with fake credibility. Yes, and any ounce <laughs> of worthiness in terms of a discussion. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, okay. Go ahead. It's all right. It's Friday. <laughs> the uh, way I'm, I'm just getting ready for you know more uh, Taylor Swift hype. Uh, the. The campaign launched by the millionaire business person uh-huh. and co-founder of, uh, of of his own company turned uh, three-term House Democrat comes as the 80-year-old president continues to suffer from underwater approval ratings among many Americans. Phillips filed paperwork with the Federal Election Commission on Thursday and officially set up a presidential campaign and his website, www.dean24.com. And went live in the evening. I am excited to announce my candidacy for president in 2024. It's time to put our country back together again and use our differences to make us stronger. What the hell does that mean? I I have a question. Use our differences to make us stronger. I do have a question. Is the Taylor Swift concert movie available for home rental yet? I'm sorry, what were you talking about? It's time to repair America, he said in a launch video posted on uh, social media on uh, Thursday evening. And when asked in an interview with CBS News if he's running for president, the 54-year-old Phillips answered, I am, I have to. Repair America. You know, that's kind of like the... If you compare that to make America great again, it's like the Shasta version of a soda. <laughs> Time to repair America. I'm sorry, dude. Did you just try and make America great again? Is it, Did you just try and float that as a Democrat? It seems to be when he's talked about it in the past, as, as Fox points out here, it seems to be the biggest thing is, you know, not what the president's doing. It's just time to patch the torch to younger people. Okay, but it won't be Dean Phillips. <laughs> oh, it's he right. May, he may Trump be right. is Trump is younger. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The Bonus Show. It's Friday Radio. He is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. It's a Friday show. Let's hear what you have to say. Let's go to Eddie in Kitty Hawk, North Carolina. Eddie, welcome. You're on Friday Radio. Hi, Eddie. Gentlemen, uh, we mock the squad for their nutty-isms, and yet 
should they scare us more or the voters of their districts who continually reelect them and put them back into office? Uh, what is your opinion on that one? Well, I, I would say that if you're, you know, if you're talking about you, you, you look at, for example, uh, look at George Santos, for example, on the Republican side. Mm-hmm. Not exactly what you want to see in a congressperson. Uh, you have these districts. Some of these districts can be so small and so concentrated into a particular area that once you get in, you can be a radical or a nut job, mm-hmm. and and you can you can survive. But Thanks, but to take it a, a step further. Where I think, you know, where you have where you make such a great point is when you get enough nutcases up there because people elect them not believing that they'll actually do something. Mm-hmm. And then you get what you got this week and, and the week before when you see the polling on young Democrats and young people that are mostly Democrats still and the fact that they actually support genocide against the Jews. Mm-hmm. Then you look at it and you you have a completely and totally solid point. There's a big problem in this country, yeah. especially with young people. Now, older Democrats didn't feel the same way right? as the polls showed. Right, right. But younger, and they didn't break it down Republican or Democrat, but I guarantee that if you broke it down the young people uh, in that poll, you would see that the vast majority are Democrat young people that, that, uh, that support the genocide of Jews, and that's come. And the higher educated they are, the more likely they support the genocide of Jews. And 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 that's what I would say. Not that I know that it. Uh, you know, the, any of the following uh, applies uh, in in those cases. These districts of uh, you know anyone in the squad or, or any radical. Uh, in terms of the rank and file, but. We have to remember what you brought up earlier, Gary, and that's the clueless voter, the uninformed voter, and they're going to go out and they're just going to, you know, pull the lever because the campaign did their job, right? Getting the message out, branding whatever it was, uh, and and maybe on other issues. The campaign focused on this, 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 and now we can actually set them out there and carve them out as the radicals that they are, which is quite possibly, again, I don't know if this applies in those districts. And if so, to what extent, but to their own constituents, even those who voted for them, you demonstrate how radical they are because they likely didn't vote or, or a, a, a campaign, rather, on, hey, I'm pro-Hamas. Vote for me. Mm-hmm. Right. They didn't do that. But now that's come to the surface, and it could change some hearts and minds. I'm not going to say that it's going to sway people to vote for the other party. But I think that's why you call them out. And by the way, if it means that their constituents, the people that voted for them, are also radicals, well, we all we also know that. Yeah, many of them are also radicals, the rank and file. And so they should be called out in our society. This kind of hatred, this kind of bigotry, 
in supporting Hamas, in targeting, killing, executing civilians, including babies, absolutely cannot be tolerated in our mm-hmm. society. And and by the way, this this all coming out with the, you know the squad's uh, you know opinion on things, and you say, well, what about the people that vote for them? That becomes a news story as it did this week. NBC, mm-hmm. I will never vote Biden. Some Muslim Americans in a key swing state feel betrayed by the president. Muslim and Arab Americans say their support was critical to Biden's winning Michigan in 2020. Some warn they won't back him again over his support for Israel. Mm-hmm. Well, then you know it, 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 the the American public is then, and anybody who wishes to challenge on the Democrat side going, hmm, okay, well, uh, younger people mostly don't, you know, still don't vote to the great level that uh, that uh, older people do, and right. even the older demographic of Democrats, right. you know, it's slam dunk. Mm. They support Israel. Mm-hmm. And so, okay, this is my opportunity to run. Right. But no, there are radicals out. If, I, I will tell you that what we learned this week through that polling is the amount of young radicals in this country being taught by our by the elite colleges in this country to approve of a genocide and and to take identity politics that is mainstream in the Democratic Party. Because think about it. We, we've stated this for the longest time about identity politics. Judge, think about this. Think about how Neanderthal it is that one of the mainstream things of this, in the Democratic Party is identity politics. You judge people by the group they're in and not an individual. That's Neanderthal thinking. Yeah. I mean, that's about as Neanderthal thinking as you can get. It's mainstream in the Democratic Party. Now, the real radicals that support genocide, which are mostly young Democrats and highly educated Democrats at our elite universities, just added Jews and took it to the point of not just judging the group, but saying that Jews should be exterminated. Mm -hmm. We've learned that. Yeah. That's something that the American public should know. Yep. But yeah, we've learned. The radicals are in there in the voting public on this particular issue and many other issues out there where they remain silent. Right. And we'll see it. We'll see it play out. If those radicals that are in office right now get reelected, you'll know. If something doesn't change now, it never will with a radical left. If you don't have people saying, look, I supported uh, Democrats or this candidate, this representative or whoever it is on a number of issues, but I draw the line on this and there's no way they'll get my support. Well, as you just pointed out there, it's, well, we're not going to support Biden because of his support for Israel. Mm -hmm. Well, there's part of it right there, right there. This, this, again, separates the radicals from the rest of the world. There's no way that it doesn't. And this is not, by the way, this is not over. This is far from over. At some point, Israel is going to get tired of waiting on the Biden administration. That clock is ticking, 
It's not a matter of if, it's when, and it will be soon. And they will go in on the ground and they will do what Israel does. They're going to they're going to take care of this and they're going to protect their own country and their border. You know, I did uh, read there was a, uh, I think it was National Review, and it said this could happen here and talked about the fact that when you look at that, when you look at the poll yeah, yeah. out there, you, you know, it could, yeah. hap- it, it could happen here. When you Think about this. When you have people, when you have young people, and like I said, I didn't see the breakdown, but I guarantee the majority of those young people are the people that go to the elite colleges mm-hmm. where they're teaching anti-Semitism mm-hmm. and where they've learned that, you know, the, the professors that said, oh, yeah, you know, happy and celebrating as to what happened here. Right, right. If you've got people that will publicly say that we're for genocide, mm-hmm. don't be surprised if eventually violence ensues because of that. Look, they were willing to burn down cities. They were yeah, willing yep. to burn down cities before on other items. They're willing. I, I have no other expectation than the fact that I'm I'm. Fully confident that they're willing to burn down cities and protest in violent ways if this, you know, uh, does escalate here at home. We talked about uh, the fact that, you know, the, you, we, there's a great possibility, I believe, and and most in the intel community believe it's not a matter of if, it's when the enemy attacks us on American soil again. Well, with these radicals, They'll say it's America's fault. Uh, we earlier had uh, talked about the uh, the RNC and, mm-hmm. and uh, the Republican National Committee and the next debate coming up where you've got two liberals in there. We also mentioned just McDaniel. How we just we, and we thought this before this time. We thought she should have been gone mm-hmm. uh, as the uh, the the chief of the RNC mm-hmm. and uh, brought up, you know, her insistence of that every candidate must uh, pledge to endorse the candidate. And we said, we've always said that was a dumb thing. Tracy in Tennessee, I believe, disagrees. Tracy, welcome. You're on Red Eye Radio. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hey, guys. I, I really enjoy your show. And this is the first time that I can ever think of that that I've ever disagreed with anything you say. And I'll, I'll grant you, I think the moderators weren't thinking about what I'm thinking about when they asked the question. And it, and, and it irks me to no end that Republicans don't, you said earlier about, you know, beat this in and talk about it. But I'm thinking of Chris Christie and Asa Hutchison. They said that they would not support Trump if he were the candidate. Now, the way I look at that is you're saying you're okay with the Democratic candidate winning and letting them select Supreme Court justices. And I want to know, I want to know for one, Tracy, when Chris Christie is saying that. I don't want this fake sign this pledge thing. That does nothing. By the way. No, they they can lie and they can say, well, I'll I'll support a third party or I'll vote for somebody else. Well, doing that is a vote. For the Democrats. No, it's not. No, actually, it's not. No, it's not. No, because you're not changing any hearts and minds by doing that otherwise. You think what you're saying is you wish everyone were in unison in terms of how they were going to vote and not supporting the Democrats. Well, let me let me just let me just solve this right now. You think Trump 
would support all any Republican candidate who won if he didn't? If Chris Christie got the know. nomination, now you think but if so? Is so is so is Trump? That, so then, is Trump? Would Trump be endorsing the Democratic candidate? Of course not. No. Look, our our point is it's not a you take the it's not a necessary question to ask. All I care is where you stand on the issues. Some republic they always ask the question anyway. The question is always asked even before the pledge thing came about. It's always asked by some reporter. It's going to be out there. For the our only point right. was our only point was that uh, and like for example, I've said I will unless you know I you know I don't know unless um Representative Bowman, <laughs> the Democrat, won the you know won the uh, nomination, or or Jeffries did, where I wouldn't vote for them. But in all likelihood, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna vote. I always have for who is the uh, you know the Republican nominee. I, we just view it as an unnecessary question or an unnecessary demand that the RNC brings up. That question will be asked already and then the republicans can figure out what they're going to do because it's asked in every election when they know there's animosity will you support this candidate will you support this candidate just i believe mcdaniel makes it an issue that without question it now becomes a focus because the republican national committee has made it the main focus that you must endorse it and must do it publicly all the time that's our only point yeah, I think that in order. Okay. I, I, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I just I don't understand why people don't. And this is Republicans like going into the into the political season. Why isn't anybody bringing up? You know, what would have happened? Where would we be right now? I mean, you can forget about Roe versus Wade going back to the states. Where would we be right now if Hillary had got to pick those? Three Supreme Court justices. Oh, that is right. a huge issue sure. with all yeah. the legislation coming from the bench. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. All, all you know, that's. Why don't the Republicans bring that up and pound on that, just like the other well, stuff well, because they, because, the because uh, remember, we just thanks, Trace. A, 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 the, there's a debate going on the whole speaker thing. We'll we'll continue talking. Hang on. 86690 Red Eye. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harney, and I'm Gary McNamara, EVs and uh, and more. And a couple uh, points we want to make on Tracy's last call, but we went way over in the uh, the last segment, so we'll get to that coming up following the top of the uh, the hour. Yeah, lots going on. Yeah, it's a Friday show. It is. 866-90-RED-EYE. is Red Eye Radio on West Now it's Red Eye Radio 
Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Just briefly before we get back to um, the boring stuff, uh, I, was, <laughs> yeah. I, just, I was just going through real clear politics and I noticed it, this was uh, off uh, uh, the Free Press, which is Barry Weiss's website. Right, yeah. Who was former New York Times reporter. Uh, she was part of the whole Twitter, uh, you know, the uh, Twitter files. Right. And uh, she is one of the, uh, she wrote a, 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 a Twitter post this week that just went uh, viral about, you know, how, Maybe it was late last week. I'm not sure. It might have been a vacation. Mm. I saw it mm. earlier this week, and we talked about it, uh, you know, how, you know, Trump was right. She goes, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I, I, on so many foreign policy issues, the border and everything else, and how, you know, she was a she was a loyal liberal as far yeah. as you can get. Yeah. And she's just completely reversed course. Uh, and and so I just pay attention to her website because one she's one of the people like Taibbi and Schellenberger and 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 Turley and and to a lesser extent Dershowitz, right? Yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, who, who just look at liberalism and just go, what in the hell happened? And especially when it comes to media, because Taibbi and and uh, Weiss, Schellenberger, really have been focused on what the media should be doing. That the media should not be political activists. That journalism should be actual journalism. Right. That you actually reach for the truth. And so she has the uh, the free press that uh, was uh, that she cre- uh, I guess created, and so I'm just paying attention to some of the articles here, and some of them are just great. This, this one just got me laughing like crazy, mm. and it was written by Olivia uh, Rheingold, who writes, "I'm sorry, but I can't tip the whole world," <laughs> and it says, "This has not happened to me." But when I read this, I burst out laughing. I'm like, wow. This summer, I was at Newark Airport racing down a moving walkway to grab a bottle of water before takeoff. I snatched a smart water, scanned it at a self-checkout, then gritted my teeth at the price. Eight bucks. What a ripoff, I thought. But I know retailers hold us captive at the airport. So with no other options, I swiped my card. Suddenly, another notification flashed in my face. Would I like to add a tip? The kiosk listed three amounts. The self-checkout kiosk was asking for a tip. Yes. Listed three amounts, 15, 18, and 20%. Mm-hmm. Certainly, uh, this this kiosk had to be infected with the virus to think it could ask me a human for a tip at a time when inflation has hit record highs. This is where we find ourselves in 2023. After enduring three years of rising prices where the cost of ground coffee, gasoline, and other staples has jumped by 20%, the machines are now asking us for uh, for spare change. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that has not happened to me yet. Uh, I haven't had one at an automated kiosk. I have had one at a counter 
It's a walk-up counter at a fast food place. That I've had. Yeah. And it's like, well, hold on a second. You know, just a few minutes ago, we weren't tipping because I got to come back. I have to walk back up when my order's ready mm-hmm. and grab my order. They're doing the job that they're getting paid to do. They're not serving. They're not doing the things that usually are associated with tipping. And I wonder what it is. I I really wonder what the participation rate is on something like that. (laughs) You mean for the kiosk or the actual person serving or the actual person at the counter? Yeah, for the person at the counter. Right. Right. Yeah. I might, I might think about it. I might think about it for a second, but I'm not thinking about it for a second if it's a machine. Okay, so <laughs> here's the thing. Remember when uh, Starbucks recently started doing this at the drive-through, right? So they have a little the little card thing, and if you hold up your card, right, and they stick out the the little card machine. It's going to ask you a question. What question would that be? Would you like to tip? It's going to ask you a question. I look at that and say, okay, if I go inside, am I going to tip? Most often, yes. When we're talking about a barista, you know, okay, I want my almond toffee, roca, coca, mocha flavored decaf, uh, two pumps, not three. Make sure I get uh, one and a half stevia, not two. And you know, if I'm if I'm coming in, and I look at the specialty coffee because I don't drink it every day. I'm not I'm not the person that's in line every day. It's probably once a month, maybe on the average, maybe that I I get coffee that I buy coffee outside of the home or here in the office. I don't. I just I just don't pay for it. But when I'm willing to pay for it, I'm willing to tip a barista. And if we're talking about a fast food place, I'm looking at it going. Mm. Now, if you want to charge more, because here's the other question. How much of that actually goes to the staff? How much of that actually goes to the yeah, workers? They're, they're not making they're not making two thirteen an hour. Right. You know, like servers are. Right. When I, at a restaurant with a server, I'm tipping. Same with me. Something horrible would have to happen for me not to tip. I, and I don't know that I've ever not tipped. Because if something happens, then obviously I'm going to say, hey. And then they're going to go, oh, sorry. And then, you know, they usually make an effort to make it good, at least I will tip because I understand how that situation works. Yeah. Well, what about in California where it's uh, going to 20 bucks an hour? They're getting 20 bucks an hour at the fast food place and they're asking for you to tip. That's a no. I've actually tipped and and quite generous if I walk into a bar and drink water, mm-hmm. because that's the one thing. It's like water. You're getting water. I mean, yeah. it's like, 
and they, you know, they'll give me a water and uh, I'll leave a, you know, I'll leave a, you know, if, if somebody gives me a water and that's almost having one, mm-hmm. I'll leave them a five. Mm-hmm. You know, just to let them know. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, I worked in this. Now, I didn't, I was never a server, mm-hmm. but when I was a club DJ, I worked in places where all of them, you know, were getting tips. Yeah. You know, that's how they made their money. Right. And so I know the culture of it. And so right. when I walk in and right. do something like that, I've always I've always done that. I've, I've always been particularly sensitive to the service industry and the servers and the bartenders out there. Sure. Because I know how they make their sure their money. And that's just something that culturally was built into me from, you know, when I did that from probably, what was it, 75, 1975 through 1981. Mm-hmm. when I, mm-hmm. you know, worked in, in different places. So, right. and that was just built in. It's almost an automatic response. Mm-hmm. But if I, <laughs> I still, I don't go in enough. It's interesting that you mentioned, for example, the barista at Starbucks, mm-hmm. because I hardly ever, it, it's amazing. And I'll say part of it has to do with the fact of, you know, uh, since I was diagnosed with type two, I just don't go out to eat anymore. Mm-hmm. It's too tough to find what, you know, the low carb stuff that I want. But if I do go out to a dinner, yeah, the servers get it. But when I, the only time I really probably ever go out for a coffee uh, would be at the coffee shop uh, that is near me, that is just a, and I know everybody in there. I know the owners, mm-hmm. I know everybody. Mm-hmm. And it's this really exotic kind of place. And you walk in and they're completely friendly and they just, and I always leave them a tip. Mm-hmm. But the other time, the only other times I ever drink coffee is when I go to see my dad. And even then, since we got my dad a coffee maker that mm-hmm. he can make Tim Hortons, I don't even go out as much. Mm-hmm. But you go to like a Tim Hortons up there, you go to a Starbucks, they've got the tip jar. You go to Tim Hortons, they don't. Mm-hmm. And they'll right. be right next to each other. Right. And so I'm really not used to accept in that individual, uh, you know, uh, family-owned coffee shop that I go into uh, that is just a unique experience for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just, I don't come upon that much. And so uh, do you ever, do you ever tip at a drive-thru? Yeah, that's the, the point I was making oh, about you're ma- Starbucks. Oh, oh, Starbucks, you do now the drive Now they ask you okay. the question when you, you know, they put the machine out there for your car to swipe, or if you want to flash your phone, you know, you can add a tip um, if you're paying by phone, whatever. And, I asked myself, would I tip if I were inside? Yes. And so before they started oh, doing Oh, if you that, were inside. If I if I go inside, I'll tip. So if I'm in the drive-thru, I'll tip. Oh, okay, okay. All right, all right. The last... And I... Was, I yeah. it, before they started doing that, occasionally I would, I would just, you know, take a couple of bucks out and say, here, put this in the tip jar. Because in the drive-thru, there was no way to tip. And so if it's, if it's customary... And if if it's part of that business model, that's one thing. But first of all, anything automated, I'm not tipping a robot. <laughs> and if it doesn't give you a choice to opt out, sorry, cancel. Uh, when I, was, I don't need it that bad. When uh, last time I was at a drive-through was when I was visiting Dad just a week and a half ago, and I was mm-hmm. at a taco place, mm-hmm. and they didn't ask for a. There nothing appeared anywhere where. You know, you could tip. Right. And when I, the one thing I did notice, before COVID, I think they were paying 
Uh, maybe I'm wrong on that because I don't know what the minimum wage is in New York. All I'll tell you is this: eighteen bucks mm-hmm. was the sign there, looking mm-hmm. for staff. Eighteen bucks an hour. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And it just seems like yesterday it was eight or nine. Yeah. Because I, right. I think they've always had a sign up there, and so yeah, it's right around the corner from my dad's house, and so it was like, oh, okay. yeah. But, if you know, and uh, also with COVID, a lot of things are you know you can get delivered anything in a major metro area. You can get uh, it delivered, DoorDash, uh, groceries, um, anything. I can order it and get it fairly quickly to the house. And I always tip I, well there. Yeah, I will tip. One of the things about DoorDash is that I'm thinking in my mind, oh, it's going to come from that location, whatever restaurant that's closest to me, naturally, right? Not always. One time there was a driver that brought it like i mean they were halfway across the metroplex it was a drive and doordash just added the ability to go back and tip after the fact you could increase your tip later before they did that you couldn't give them an additional tip but i you know they show you on the map how far your driver is they're halfway across the metroplex i'm Uh like are you kidding me you know, five or six bucks is barely going to cover gas, let alone the time. And so on something like that, it's like, yeah, they went way out of their way. Uh, that may be a flaw in the uh, algorithm. I don't know. But I'll I'll go beyond and, and I'll add a tip, you know, the an other, extra tip. The other thing, is, and how, how uh, you know, I, I think this way, just to let you know how I think, for example, uh, ride sharing. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was in San Antonio a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. I was Ubering. Now, when you Uber, I was going to a couple of shows. And so, you know, I'm out in the middle of nowhere, you know, right. somewhere in downtown San Antonio. Right. And my thing is for Uber, I don't care how much it costs, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. I don't. I mean, yeah, if it was $500 to go a mile, I'd care. Mm-hmm. But I don't care because when I call Uber, I have to have a ride. Mm-hmm. And so they rate the customer. Mm-hmm. You rate them, they rate you. And you like having that five because you'll know you'll always get picked up. Mm-hmm. Somebody will always come and get you. And it's interesting because I've asked a number of drivers, you know, does does that make does that make a difference? They go, yep. <laughs> you get somebody with a low number, they don't want to pick them up. Yeah, probably somebody who drinks a lot and Oh yeah, yeah. Doesn't um clean up after themselves. Well, they get you know, they they put that got that throw up fine mm-hmm. in there. Yeah. And it was interesting. For they, good reason. Well, one guy picked me up and said and this is the guy that picked me up after the show, so it was like eleven thirty. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, I was asking him, I said, Do you get uh many drunks? He goes, Yeah, but you know, the San Antonio drunks are really pretty good. He goes, uh, and because for some reason they don't throw up. <laughs> I don't know if that's just too many, uh, too many great restaurants. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's like I don't even know how to respond to that one. Yeah. <laughs> and then you get other ones that go, oh yeah, you know. And a couple of Uber drivers pick me up in Dallas. They go, oh, yeah, I had somebody throw up last week. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh man, mm-hmm. or get really, really abusive. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I'm not going to tip a machine either. No, no. tips for machines. No we robots draw, are getting a tip. We draw the line at machines. We may be in the negotiating, uh, you know, uh, stance in our head. You know, at certain, you know, whether it's a, you know, uh, drive through or whatever. We, right, okay, right. I tip here. But no, not for a machine. Right. There is no debate there. Nope. 
866-90-RED-EYE. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Hurley, and uh, I'm Gary McNamara. Good uh, morning. Well, a couple of more stories on uh, on EVs out there. Here's one out of Juice. Honda and GM halt joint venture to develop affordable electric cars. Hmm. The reason? The price. The yeah. price? They can't make a profit on it. Too expensive. Yeah. That easy. After extensive studies and analysis, we have come to a mutual decision to discontinue the program. Uh, Each company remains committed to the affordability of the EV market. The decision uh, came after a year of careful study and analysis was revealed that creating an affordable EV platform presented significant business challenges. Mm -hmm. Toyota chairman spoke out the other day. Mm. It is regular users who are the ones who suffer when government regulations try to shoehorn buyers and automakers into EVs, according to the Toyota chairman. Speaking publicly as the head of the Japanese Automobile Manufacturers Association, he said people are finally seeing the reality as sales growth sputters. I have continued to say what I see as reality if regulations are created based on ideas instead of real-world conditions. It is the regular users who are the ones who will suffer. Yeah, wow. there's uh, there's really no way around it. Uh, at some point, the OEMs, at some point, there's not going to be any more government money put into it. At some point, there will have to be organic pricing. The organic pricing has to come with a profit. And if you can't do it with a profit, you're not going to do it. You know, this is what the government has essentially forced the OEMs to do for a number of years. The mileage standards are nothing new. And then what happens inevitably is, well, these uh, more efficient cars, fuel efficient cars, aren't the profit makers. Now when you get into EVs, it's enormously expensive. And they lose tons of cash on each one. If they had to build them and they were priced organically, the market would be next to zero. Nothing. You're listening to Red Eye Radio. From the Uniden America Studios. 
And he's Eric Hurley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Welcome. Uh, thank you for being here. Friday show, uh, it is. couple of uh, stories here. I just love this one. Uh, House Oversight Committee Chair James Comer demanded on Thursday that President Joe Biden provide uh, applicable loan documents and IRS filings regarding the $200,000 loan repayment James Biden claims he repaid Joe back in 2018. <laughs> I'm sure he'll turn that right over. <laughs> the uh, White House and uh, uh, James Biden, Biden's brother, denied the $200,000 check James gave Joe Biden was due to a pre-existing business relationship. They insist the money was a return payment for money Joe Biden lent him, but have not provided the committee any evidence to prove their claims. Hmm. Now, the, the problem is that the, the Bidens have is in the bi- bankruptcy of that AmeriCorps corporation, mm-hmm. uh, they listed the fact that that money was paid to James Biden to get influence. Yeah. And that was part of the bankruptcy yeah. filing. Right. That's where that comes from. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't come from James Comer, you know, stating that I think it came, you know, because of this. That is the actual place that went bankrupt, the healthcare company, where they said James Biden, you know, they paid him this money because he said he would use the influence, of course, of his brother to get them more money from Middle Eastern sources. Right. Never did. But they paid him a total of 600000 But when a $200,000 payment was made to James Biden, then $200,000 that same day went to Joe Biden. The big guy. The big guy, yes. Oh, I should have worn my shirt. Mm. 10% for the big guy shirt. Yeah. I didn't wear that today. Yeah. Instead, I wore my Everything Hurts t-shirt. <laughs> All right. I've been working out the last few days. Is that a, a new take on the Buffalo Bills or no? No, I guess they won last night. Oh, did they? Yeah, they they won, but everybody everybody's still disappointed. <laughs> it's like, well, it's Buffalo. I was telling my buddies, I go, look, the way to do it is you go to sleep, they play, you wake up, you see the score. You're mm-hmm. not really bothered as much by it. Right. Whether they win or lose, it's like, oh, okay. That's... Yeah, don't, don't go through the whole yeah. three hours, three hours and... You know, 20 minutes of agony. Right. I was having sweet dreams. Yeah. Sleep through it, wake up and go, okay. See, you can be disappointed instantly. (laughs) It's not a long, drawn-out process. Don't don't spend so much time being disappointed. Do it in a very short period of time. (laughs) Like a Band-Aid. Yes. Rip it off. Exactly. All right. I I stole that from Seinfeld, didn't I? Uh, Comer believes a $200,000 payment is suspicious because the money flowed through a distressed entity, uh, AmeriCorps, which loaned James Biden a total of $600,000. On March 1st of 2018, AmeriCorps wired James Biden $200,000 the same day. James Biden sent Joe Biden a $200,000 check. Mm -hmm. In a letter to the White House counsel, uh... Comer, a former bank board member, requested the loan agreement along with any applicable 
IRS tax filings. Mm-hmm. As you may know, in the letter, Internal Revenue Code has specific requirements uh, for uh, for uh, loans, for reporting below market rate loans from gifts. While there are some exceptions, for example, loans of $10,000 or less, the payment in question would not appear exempt from such requirements if it is a loan. Indeed, there appears to have been no interest paid on the loan based upon the White House's own representation. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. You loaned him 200000 He paid you back 200000 Where's the interest? Right. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, <laughs> the current lack of documentation leaves reason to doubt claims that this transaction was repayment for a legal loan. We request documentation clarifying the nature of this payment and whether all applicable documentation and IRS filings were properly made. Well, I mean, you know, the left has been out for the the, uh, Trump tax returns for a long, long time. Wait a minute. Hmm. Do we have Biden's 20? What, what would that be? That would be his 2018 earnings year. Right. Tax return. Uh, I think it was 2018. Yeah. So 2018. Right. I I don't know. I don't know if that was released or not. Yeah. If it's released because he was not vice president and was not president. So I don't know. Did he did he put that out there, though, when he ran in 2020? I don't remember. But if he did. Should be easy. Comer should already have it, actually. If that's the case, Biden tax returns show 15.6 million in 2017, 2018 income. Hmm. He released his tax returns from 2016 through 2018. Okay, then my question would be, are those abbreviated? If the if it's if it's a full tax return where Comer can go through it. Biden's federal tax return for 2016, his last full year as vice president, showed a justice gross income of nearly 400000 while his 2017 federal tax return reported a justice gross income of more than $11 million. So for 2018. His, his two, 2018 federal tax return reported a justice gross income of $4.6 million. Hmm. He filed his tax returns jointly with his wife during those three years. The release of the documents comes during the former vice president's 2020 presidential campaign. Yeah, I would think that because I I thought he released something. I just didn't remember if it was 2018 or not. Well, then you know. You know whether it's in there. You should have that available. I mean, Comer should be able to go through that. That's a great point. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. It's the first thing I would have done. Because if he's not claiming it on his taxes. Well, unless... He knows it's not in there. 
And that's why he's questioning him on it. Well, I would, that, 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 but that, wouldn't you launch it in, in in terms of your when you issue the concern, and then you know you're going to ask for whatever documents, other documents. You would say we have your 2018 tax return. It does not indicate that you claimed this, or you don't do that. Right. You let you just say, you know, we'd like to see the documentation. If they don't provide it, then you bring that forward. Hmm. I mean, there's a number of ways to actually do it, but I, I would ask that question, too. If you've got the ammunition, use it now. Well, yeah, if you've yeah. got the documents, yeah. then you should demonstrate very clearly, hey, it's nowhere on here. Right. And that would be so easy So why do. didn't you claim it? Right. Why didn't you claim it one way or the other? You received a check from your brother during that earnings year, but it's nowhere on your tax return. Un- unless... You know it's not in there, and you want to see how they respond, which you can use against him. You know? Yeah, I would still, I would still present that to the American people. We have the. Oh no, no. I, I, oh, I think yeah. I mean, I would, I would I, start with I, that. Right. I, I, you know, because it's not when you know it's not there, and you can demonstrate it and say <clears throat> he didn't claim it on his tax return. So what is it? Or if they respond and say we're not going to do it, he's going to say okay. You know, we asked administration to provide it. We have the tax returns. They did not do it. And so at that point. Yeah, now, I don't know now, why you wouldn't start there. Though. Well, because then you're fi- because then they're evading you. Mm-hmm. You proved to the American public. Not only did they evade the IRS, but they're evading the investigation. Mm-hmm. Which they're going to do either way. But if you've got the evidence that he didn't right. claim it on the tax return, you need to demonstrate that very clearly. No, oh, I think they will. Mm-hmm. I think they I mean, I'm. He yeah. better. Otherwise, he's useless. <laughs> well, that's it. I mean, you know, it's, in my opinion, that's where you should start. You've got us 2018. He released it. Well, you know, the Democrats are having problems with this big time because when when uh, Representative Goldman came out and said, why are the Republicans going after him? All this shows is that Joe Biden is taking care of his family. Uh-huh. That's the kind of person Joe Biden is. He's taking care of his family by giving his brother a loan, and this is just the repayment of that loan. Mm -hmm. Well, if you take the entire story, which is AmeriCorps in their bankruptcy filing said the reason they paid James Biden this money is because he said Biden would take uh, his brother would take care of them and help them get financing through Middle Eastern sources. And that never happened. And then James Biden is claiming that. He's simply paying his brother back. It sets up that there was huge incentive for both James Biden and Joe Biden to offer this deal. Right. So Joe Biden can get paid back. The fact of a loan makes it actually worse. And I don't know whether Goldman knew that when he said it. Right. Because he's made some of the dumbest mistakes any defender of any president has, has ever tried to make. Because you put his brother in debt to him even further. Right. And 200000 isn't a small thing. No. So I don't know how they're playing it here. How, And I don't know what else they have. Uh, again, you know, they the Republicans may have, Comer may have more. They just want the drip, 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 and then the flood, flood, flood. They may want to continue over a period of time. That every time they do it, this week when they respond, they got him. Next week when they try to respond, they got him. The whole point is, 
if you believe you have the evidence that – Yeah, whatever with, with you that, have, you every, should present right away. You know, <clears throat> if if you've got evidence that, that shows this, then present it that way because you corner them even further. I agree. I would go that way. I'm just yeah. giving the, the possibility of what they may be trying to do politically that they believe that politically it helps them to do it over a period of time where – there is a bombshell every week coming out instead of one bombshell. Well, I want the big bombshell is going to end it all if they have it. Oh, I agree with you. So yeah. let's get to it. Yeah, Don't slow roll this. Yeah, yeah make it happen. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. Now, uh, the attorney for James Biden said in a statement to CBS News that the committee has the bank documents that show both the loan Jim received from his brother in January of 2018 hmm. and the repayment by the check six weeks later. That's what they're claiming. And uh, I haven't heard a direct response from Comer, except he is telling the White House Present that information then. Mm -hmm. You say that happened and we have it. He's he's saying they don't have it. And how would the attorney for James Biden know that the oversight committee has that? Or at the very least, he's saying what whatever they do have doesn't clearly demonstrate that it's that that's the loan. I, I don't know how it wouldn't. I guess the question would be. You know, first of all, what does it show? Does it show that there's a transfer between, is it a check that James, from Joe? Yeah, it's a check. Yeah. That they've shown the check. Okay. So it is a, a, a check yeah. deposited in James' account from Joe. Oh, no, 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 no. They have the check from Joe to James. Oh, that I, I know about. I know. I've not seen yeah, that yeah, check. Yeah. No. Okay. No. Evidence because, of the loan right. would be. You know, in the other direction and should be pretty clear. Oh, you don't no, You make the point. Then James Biden lawyers should provide that check. Right. Of the actual loan from James uh, from Joe to James. They're he's saying, saying he's that saying the he, committee has he's saying the committee it has it, loaned. but you've got it. Right. You've got the evidence. You got right. you have the bank records. Right. Oh, huh. this is an interesting standoff, isn't it? Well, because Which, it, it, it it sounds very biden-esque oh no we gave you the evidence no well, he uh-huh. didn't say that he didn't say they gave him the evidence well he, he says they have they have the bank records that demonstrate a, a that it was a loan uh right but they got that through a subpoena of the banks not of right not of not of joe biden right giving him the information okay yes James. okay you're right yes right. yeah horribly phrased that but he's saying they have it but do they have it? Is it clear demonstration? Yeah. If it's a check, and on the memo it says "loan to my brother James," then it, that's hard to dispute. So, what does the bank record actually say? This is Red Eye Radio. On Westwood. 
It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio. Good morning. How's everybody? Happy Friday. Yeah, happy Friday to you. World Series starts tonight. Yeah. All right. So we'll see what happens. The excitement probably building up. Does Kansas City play this week? The Chiefs I'm talking about because a lot of excitement building up about, uh, you know, uh, Taylor Swift appearances and kisses on the cheek and stuff like that. So, yeah, we can uh, as a nation be obsessed about that. And also, what's she going to be wearing to the game? Oh, what is she going to be wearing to the game? Right. (laughs) How long before they just put her on the field with a mic? To just interview Kelsey before and after the game. How are you feeling about the game? I don't know. Right now, I got my eyes full of you. I mean, why don't we just go full on? If that's what we're going to do. All of a sudden, the NFL ratings skyrocket. Everybody's tuning in. I didn't know I loved football that much. That's not football. (laughs) Do the Diamondbacks still have that swimming pool? That was Kansas. That was Kansas City, the Royals, a long time ago. Was it the Royals that had the swimming pool? Yeah, I thought it was. Well, they don't need one. Arizona needs one. It's any state that should have a swimming pool. Maybe Arizona has one. I don't know. I haven't watched baseball. For some reason, I was thinking it was the Diamondbacks that had a pool at one time. Maybe they do. (laughs) Or maybe it was just bring a bucket of water to the game night, and I happened to tune in. I think it wasn't a pool that they had. I think uh, think. Uh, the Royals had a uh, yeah they do there it is yeah yeah they got it there I'm looking at the pool right now they got a pool I didn't know that wow yeah I'm really losing it if Eric knows something about sports that I don't yeah it was uh, I've you know, I've really was, abandoned sports it's kind of a big deal back yeah, there you know is. when yeah, when there they it is. yeah I mean if and the any, hot tub <laughs> yeah a hot tub who needs a hot tub D- not a yeah don't do a hot tub no no. No, no, and no. Maybe a team in the north. Maybe the Blue Jays could could do a hot tub. Right? The, the Bills could have a hot tub. I mean, that would yeah, be like, that would make sense. <laughs> Arizona needs a swimming pool or maybe an ice bath. <laughs> that seems to be in these days. Yeah. Well, uh, good luck to both teams. We'll see. You ready for this? Yeah. All right. I just saw this story. I'm reading it for the first time. Okay. All right. All right. All right. I just saw this. I said, okay, I got to bring this up. Mm-hmm. And we'll see where it goes. Texas recently surpassed California in grid scale solar energy. All right. Yeah. Solidifying its lead in the alternative energy sector where Texas wind power has long been the national leader. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, 
There you go. Yeah. All right. In Texas, almost anyone who wants to or thinks they can make money selling electricity to the grid can build power and connect it to the state's power system. On the retail side, consumers are free to choose their energy provider, and that includes a choice of clean energy, a sector Mm -hmm. that has seen significant growth in demand from consumers. Mm -hmm. You first saw that with wind, which ramped up really quickly. Solar was a bit uh, laggard because it couldn't compete with wind. But as soon as the price got low enough, uh, it made economic sense. It uh, it bloomed. Well, why did it get low enough? Subsidies. Well, yeah, that and also the production level of the energy itself in a summer with no rain. <laughs> That's true. Boy, we made up for it this week, didn't we? Well, and we're in the winter. We're probably going to make up for it, too. Oh, let me check. An El Nino year right. means Texas gets a lot of rain. And let me check. Let me. I'm going to see what the, I can more than usual. I can go to ERCOT right now and check uh, the amount of uh, of power being provided by solar right now. Zero. Let's see if you're right. Yeah. Zero. How did you get that? I uh, I I doubled the hypotenuse of the isosceles. It's and the ball bearings and. It's it's cloudy, so even the sunlight off the moon reflection or the reflection of the sun off the moon is not providing. <laughs> you know, when ERCOT put the warning out about, and it was a well over a month before the um, eclipse, you know, <laughs> it's something we're going to have to watch. And then a couple of weeks ahead of time, they were like, okay, everything will be fine. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, no thanks. No thanks. Uh, I am working, still working on my patent for a solar-powered tanning bed. I think that's going to happen soon. It's a lawn chair. Well, right after we get that wind-powered airplane up in the air. Yeah. Well, as we said, uh, is it is it on the ballot? Is it on the ballot now? Is the is the building the because uh, we got voting coming up? I didn't even see. Hmm. I, I've been getting a lot of emails from different propositions. Is that on the ballot about building the natural gas plants to back up wind and solar here in Texas? I got to go and see I for the November seventh ballot. I yeah, what I say eighth. No, you didn't say. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess we'll see. I got to look that up. You know, the interesting thing, this is another thing. Just Because here's here's the question. Where do you go with it? I don't support it. (laughs) Well, so many people said they don't want a backup to wind and solar. The people voted. (laughs) We don't need a backup to wind and solar. It's going to be there 8-6, not 24-7, 8-6, maybe eight hours a day, maybe four, three. It's not going to be 24-7, but we don't, you know what we can do, Gary? When our electricity goes off, we should go outside and talk with our neighbors. <laughs> we should visit. See? 
good things can come from this. I was seeing uh, someone put together a documentary on Freeze Apocalypse. And I bookmarked it. I haven't watched oh, it. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And it was specifically on Texas. And I thought to myself, all right, number one, I want to watch it. But I want, I want to see what the take is. You know, inevitably, it's always, you know, someone on the left. Well, because of climate change, this is what can happen. Nope. Because of our response to the left, this is what can happen. And you set up, again, uh, an infrastructure that is bound to, at some point, not be there for you during the worst type of weather. Del Rio got what? 11 inches of snow in Del Rio. Yeah, we should be prepared at every single turn. We should never, ever, in a state like Texas, a massive energy producer, we should never, ever have to worry about it. You want to put solar panels on your house? Go for it. Don't tell me I have to rely on a grid powered in part by solar and wind. Here it is. Proposition 7 would create an amendment to the state uh, Texas state constitution establishing the Texas Energy Fund, which would fund loans and grants to build, maintain, and modernize electric generating facilities. The bill was born out of the failures of the winter storm of February of 2021. Mm-hmm. Uh, state Senator Charles Schwarzner, a Republican, sponsored the bill and said the growing popul- with the growing population – more generation needs to happen. Texas is growing, and we need the electricity to power Texas into the future. We need that dependability and reliability uh-huh. and resiliency of our electric grid to make sure our homes are heated and our industries thrive. Uh, Luke Metzger, the executive director of Environment Texas, opposes the bill while saying while Texas needs to upgrade the grid, it needs to include renewable resources. So that must be that bill of building the natural gas plants. The plants, basically every segment of the gas infrastructure supply chain failed during the storm, and that was the primary reason for the blackouts, Metzger says. Now, certainly, every form of energy struggled during the extraordinary low temperatures, including clean energy. But you know it's clear that gas was far from what opponents say it is, which is 100 percent reliable. What's 100 percent reliable if you've got the infrastructure maintained properly? Yeah, the, the, the source itself is yeah. reliable. Yeah. This is about the infrastructure. This is about yeah. delivery. That's a bogus argument. Senator Schwarzer said generators relying on solar and wind are too mm-hmm. inconsistent and come with their own environmental problem. We need to balance out our, our, uh, our grid. Um, Metzger believes his constitutional amendment will move Texas away from the work already being done to support clean energy products, blah, 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 blah. Uh, so that's, you know, that's where we are there with, uh, um, yeah, there's absolutely zero reason we should have this problem. It's by choice. Yeah. It's by choice. We created the problem. Yeah. And Metzger's completely wrong there. There were, there were screw ups, but as we said, when you're basically telling, when the federal government is telling the, as we said, the the consistent form of energies, coal, natural gas, mm-hmm. 
you're going to be out of business. We're putting you out of business. Nobody wants to do long-term capital investment. You're not going to get the investment because that's long-term capital investment. Everybody knows it. Metzger's BSing the public. Yep. Yeah. You, You can't do it with wind and solar. What kind of idiots are we? Well, that's Jeez. it's the same argument that they gave uh, then Treasury Secretary Snow back in 2003, September of 2003, on subprime lending, on Fannie and Freddie not being able to sustain. And the response from Barney Frank and Democrats was, no, we're not doing enough of these loans. So what they're trying to, the environmentalists are trying to say here is, we're, we don't have enough wind and solar as a part of the grid. We need to increase that. Absolutely not. There were problems with delivery of natural gas. That should have been fixed before freeze-pocalypse as well. But natural gas itself as a source is highly reliable and should be there. And there shouldn't be a question about it. We need to grow up and, and quit living in this abstract fairy tale that the left wants to live in because reality hit hard for way too many people. A plan for Texas to build its own power plants could cost $7 billion more than expected. $8 billion. This is from April. Hmm. The plants would be activated during emergencies. Lawmakers haven't decided whether to pay for them through state funds or higher charges to electricity customers. A plan that the state Senate approved last week to build up to 10 gigawatts of on-demand power could cost $18 billion to construct natural gas-fueled power plants to fuel stored with fuel stored on site, according to an estimate from the Lower Colorado River Authority. Mm-hmm. The price is well above the $10.8 billion estimate. I mean, this is pure insanity. Yeah, I remember that estimate. Actually, I think the very first one was somewhere between 8 and 10. Yeah, it was 10, they say. Mm. And you had private sector, you know, you you have private sector interest on something like that when you're going to change the state constitution. But it's it, it, in terms of doing it to create a backup, that's unnecessary. Take wind and solar out of the equation. Take government money out of wind and solar. What do you have? If you're going to build a grid on wind and solar, you're going to have a lot of people without power a lot of the time, far too often. That's highly unacceptable. As a society, we're not going to stand for it. There's no way. And temperatures do get to the extreme. Yeah, this would be the, this Amendment 7 would be to fund all that. Mm -hmm. Because it would be a Texas energy fund to fund construction, maintenance, modernization, and operation of electric gener- uh, generation generating facilities. Mm-hmm. The fund would be administered by the Public Utility Commission. So, hmm. funds aren't needed for wind and solar. So now we got to subsidize natural gas. It doesn't need to be subsidized. Yeah. It's just insane. We got to create a backup for something that, 
we got to use something that's reliable and consistent as a backup. That's stupid. Absolutely stupid. As an energy-producing state, we really suck at delivering energy. 86690-RED-EYE. Brought to you by Hotshot Secret. Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at J.J. Keller, and I'm here to share a tip on speed and space management. When driving, you need to manage the space around your vehicle so that there's enough space to allow you to adjust when traffic conditions change. The space ahead of your vehicle is the most important and one of the easiest to monitor and adjust as needed. One rule of thumb is to allow at least one second for each 10 feet of vehicle length at speeds below 40 miles per hour. At greater speeds, add an additional second. It's impossible to keep other drivers from tailgating you, but there are some things you can do to make it safer, such as increasing your following distance, avoiding quick lane changes, and slowing down. There are also several things you should do to ensure that there is plenty of space between the side of your vehicle and other vehicles. Don't hug the center line, avoid hugging the right side of the road, and avoid traveling alongside other vehicles in strong winds, especially crosswinds. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller and Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Yeah, so I'm just reading from a variety of different media sources out there. Would create uh, that Proposition Seven in Texas would create a a seven point two billion dollar fund to lend out loans at three uh, percent to build uh, natural gas plants. Right. Uh, the money in the fund would consist of money appropriated by the state legislature, investment returns from the fund. And gifts, grants, and donations contributed to the fund. Hmm. All right. What kind of money are you going to make out of something that they already say that you you can't make money on? You can't make money on natural gas plants that are operating 10% of the time. You can when there's state money coming at you. All right. So then what you're saying is you're simply subsidizing this taxpayer subsidizing yeah. the loans yeah. also. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's basically right. it. Right. Because, it's a 3% right. interest loan, but you're going to basically, you're going to build that. If you're one of the investors, you're going to build that. You're going to use that money. So because, you're going to repay the right. the loan. That 3% will go in part to fund this. And then I guess you, and then you sell the energy when it is, uh, most needed as a backup, which, by the way, tells me it would also be very expensive. Pure insanity. Just insanity. The Bonus Show. 
It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley, and uh, I'm Gary McNamara. So uh, just uh, very quickly, just because uh, we, we talk about energy all the time, electric vehicles, the grid, the insanity of, of the, the, the president who, when he became president, said we're going to be totally solar and wind, but, you know, basically a grid by, mm. you know, mid-2030 something, whatever mm-hmm. it is. I mean, it's just it's asinine to begin with. Mm-hmm. And we know that in February 21, we call it free Zola here, but this is when uh you got you know no solar windmills completely died completely frozen whatever and uh, a lot of the natural gas plants you had you know freeze-ups and things like that which mm. you don't have to have because natural gas plants run all over the country in cold weather so right. you can you can solve that problem so what the texas legislature has decided to do is put out a a, a constitutional amendment for an energy fund here in the state of texas mm-hmm. that would uh, i guess um uh, give out low interest loans to build uh, from what we can see here what the, what they want it doesn't specify it in the constitution but with the current makeup of what we have in in the legislature you would have republicans wanting to get the goal is from the sponsor to build natural gas plants to be backups for the solar and wind so my point is the the loans that would be they want to create a seven billion dollar fund that would create uh, 3% loans to build these plants. Well, if you build these plants, how do you pay back the loan if you're not making any money? Well, that would be it. Exactly what, if you're investing, what is your return and what's your source of return? Because if you go in and you build a plant and it's there to if it's going to be online full time, then you're charging the customer. Unless the goal now, because they say the new fund will create electricity production capacity that can be called on at any time. Uh, uh, the uh, Schwarzenegger said that he wanted to prioritize natural gas production mm-hmm. as opposed to renewable sources such as wind and solar because natural gas generators uh, can produce no matter if the wind is blowing or the sun is shining. We need better resource adequacy to make sure we have enough electrons to power texas in the future mm-hmm. all right so yeah we understand that but the 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 point is as we have said before you're not going to have on the traditional forms of energy when the federal government and everybody out there is stating we're going to pr- bring money number one it, the president has said it democrats have said it they want to kill natural gas they want natural gas plants gone. And that's why the talk of nuclear is going on. Well, if you get rid of natural gas plants, you get rid of coal plants. Nobody wants nukes built in their backyard. Right. So as we said, when the, when that notice goes out, nobody's going to be involved. You're not going to get private investment into long-term capital improvements in natural gas plants. And so the only reason, and so what you have is, you have a system of subsidizing federal government subsidizing natural gas, or excuse me, uh, uh, wind and and solar. Otherwise, they wouldn't be part of the grid, right? And so we subsidize it there since they are inconsistent forms of energy. Then the state of Texas says we can't allow, since the federal government's doing that. The state of Texas says in order to protect our own citizens. We need to build natural gas plants that won't run all the time, mm-hmm. but will just be backups. 
that can go on immediately if there's a problem with wind and solar so we don't have the blackouts again. Now, Texas taxpayers, you got to subsidize the natural gas too, Mm -hmm. which would never have to be subsidized if they were the primary form of power. That's the insanity that we're dealing with. We're subsidizing all forms of power in our grid. And my question would be, because they talk about, well, we're creating this, we're creating this loan program that will get money from the Texas legislature that will create a, what is a $7.6 billion mm-hmm. uh, fund that will give out loans to build natural gas plants that aren't going to be running all the time. Well, how do you pay back those loans if you can't make a profit on the natural gas plants? Because nobody's going to lend you the money except the state of Texas. Right. Because if you have a natural gas plant and you just want to go natural gas, that has to be some of the easiest financing to get in power generation because we've got plenty of it and people need power. There's a high demand for it. right? And, and especially in a growing place like the state of Texas, you don't need the federal government to be involved in loans. So... How are you going to pay back those loans if you're not going to be generating power all the time and making a profit? Right. And so they go to the they go now to me and you because we're citizens of Texas and they say, "Okay, vote. <laughs> vote to pay more for this insanity." Or your power may go off. Yeah, you're not just saying the, as a customer you're going to be paying in taxes as well. Right. Because of the idiocy of the federal government. That's your choice in the state of Texas. And keep in mind, it's already jumped. The estimate went from $10 billion to what? $18, 18 billion, billion now. If you would to build the ones, the 10 gigawatts that they want. All right. Yeah. And tell me it's not going to go up, which means what? More taxpayer dollars have to go into it. Yeah. All along the way. Well, that's why they have a constitutional amendment. Mm-hmm. This means the funding will continue. Exactly. And continue and continue and every year you'll have it. Exactly. Because and, and it says that in the measure, in the actual text of the measure itself, as I was reading here, uh, money in the Texas Energy Fund is dedicated by this constitution and an appropriation of state tax revenues for the purpose of depositing money to the credit of the Texas Energy Fund is treated as if it were an appropriation of revenues uh, dedicated by this Constitution. In other words, it sets up that permanent situation that taxpayer money is going to be funding it. That we need to subsidize energy. Now, let's say hypothetically, you asked a question yesterday (laughs) because we were talking about (laughs) the Texas population in 2100 Mm -hmm. where that estimate came out from uh, the, the mover that Texas would be 97 million people. And you made the case, you say, well, we said, well, look, you can't really extrapolate 10 years out and make a prediction for 75 years from now. You're taking some liberties in that. And you said, well, what if Texas goes Democrat? Well, that constitutional, uh, uh, that constitution, uh, uh, per, uh, what do you call it, um, uh, proposal mm-hmm. or, or that, that part of the constitution would still exist. So Democrats could take that money and put it for more solar and wind. Yeah, because it doesn't say that it has to go to natural no. gas plants. No, for backup, you can no. still continue there would the be indica- discretion, and they could they could do right. that. Right. Yep. 
No, I, I made that point, I think, a couple of, uh, couple of months ago on this. Because what are you doing? What are you actually doing by doing this? You're fulfilling Barack Obama's goal. Under my plan of cap and trade, electricity rates would necessarily skyrocket. And it may, on the surface, look like, well, we're trying to make sure we have reliable energy here. Yeah, but the question is, how much discretion is given? And if it is a matter of changing the state's constitution, it's going to take a lot of weight if this thing goes south and starts costing the taxpayer I, I just don't see any efficiency here, really. I, I don't. It's so idiotic. This kind of approach is right out of the Democratic playbook. You set it up to where the taxpayer is going to be footing the bill from now till the end of time. And when you give the state or any level of government that kind of discretion, and you're changing the actual constitution to make it happen, the state constitution in this case, that's going to be a permanent thing. How does it not make electricity rates necessarily skyrocket, Barack Obama? Well, look, uh, it does. It, it says here in this article here from the Waco Tribune, uh, Schwarzner similarly told, this is a guy who, representative who sponsored this, similarly mm. said renewable energy has a place in Texas, especially as technology advances. However, he said, as of now, there are issues of reliability of storing renewable energy to be used later. What do you mean, issues? What do you mean, issues? They can't do it. Yeah, issues of reliability means the power's not there. Yeah. Uh, an issue, he said, dispatchable energy does not have, because renewable energy has a place in Texas. Not if you've got to subsidize everything across the board. It doesn't. When the source God, goes, what idiots! When I'm the sorry. source goes away, when the sun goes down, or when there's too many clouds in West Texas, if I if, vote no, if you have to subsidize, if the private market can't handle it, and you have to subsidize energy through the taxpayer, then your system is screwed up. Especially when you have plentiful energy. And what I don't want to hear is Republicans making the damn excuse that this is just naturally how it all has to go. Yeah, and we can all work together. The kumbaya, right. reach across the aisle, and yeah, no, we're still going to embrace wind. And, no. This is where Republicans are idiots in their explaining of it. Because the explaining of it should be this. We can't stop the federal government from handing out these subsidies. It's wrong that they're doing it. Mm-hmm. But we have to accept it into the grid because of what the federal government is doing. We in the state of Texas are forced to do this. We don't want to do it, but we don't want to have a free Zola again like we had in February of 2021. It's a bad deal for everyone. We should never have to subsidize power, especially when we have plentiful, cheap energy and can keep energy prices low. That's how they should defend it, and they're not defending it that. They're not stating it that way. No, they're going along right with the left. They're cooperating fully with the Democrats here. 
and going even further in putting the taxpayer on the bill. Yep. Not just as a customer, but also as a taxpayer. Jeez. It's about it's about to get very expensive. And every bit of it is a choice. Yeah. All of this is man-made. 86690 Red Eye. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Sarah Carly, and I'm Gary McNamara. I was just thinking here during the break as I'm just, you know, just the insanity. It was what, the topic we were just talking about, mm. the, uh, the the Texas grid, for example, and uh, the proposal, uh, you know, for the state taxpayer to, to use taxpayer money to basically subsidize natural gas and has to back up the subsidized solar and wind, which yeah. is just pure insanity. Right. And it's like, we're here to a Friday. We have an hour left. And I'm thinking, can we go on vacation again next week? I mean, this week has just been so insane with everything going on. When you think about it, I've actually, by the time we've got to Friday, I've had it. Now, I'll be okay. We're not on vacation next week, and I'll be okay by Sunday night, Monday morning. But I'm telling you, during the break, I was like, my head was about to explode with the stupidity that exists everywhere in this nation right now. We need to also consider down the road the possibility of subsidizing the subsidy for the subsidy backup of the subsidy. Uh, scanners, if you've ever seen the movie. Yeah. That it just blows up. It's, um, it is insanity. We are the king when it comes to energy in the ground. And we choose not to get it. We choose more and more not to use it. That's ludicrous. All of this will come to a head. You're starting to see the fissures right now with the EV mandates. Everything else is going to come to a head because reality is going to be very harsh. It's going to be colder than freeze apocalypse. Well, not not only that, because the reality is hitting, as we said, the hypotheticals, which the hypotheticals were never going to work mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is. Where do you get the subsidies from? Taxpayer dollars. Mm-hmm. We see where the, the deficit is right now. We see where the debt is now. Yeah. Everything is hit at the same time. The promoting that we could do the scientifically and economic impossibilities mm-hmm. that we were attempting to do is now hitting reality. And it's all hitting at the same time. Oh, yeah. So maybe that's the one thing that will take out a little of my frustration that don't worry, we're going to bankrupt the entire system and then we'll be on the right path. Well, I really don't want to go through the pain or society go through the pain that we're going to have to feel. But it is what we've asked for as a society, isn't it? We chose it. It's what we chose. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood. 
The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.